0: Thank <laughs> you. All right, Carl, same question that I ask everybody, it's a broken record, but I wanna hear your franchise story. How do you even fall into franchising, uh, which is something that very few people wanna do, but end up falling into it and then fall in love with it. So yeah, yeah. how did so, you, how did you uh, fall in love with franchising?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna share that with you, Nick, but first I wanna just say, hey, everything that you and Charles are doing with X, spot on, man. So appreciate that. thanks for having me today. And uh, right. yeah, so my story, I'll try to kick, give you the quick version. Uh, at 16 years old, started training clients, personal training. So I was in the fitness space. Uh, then went to college, got a couple of degrees, and in exercise phys. And then from there, opened up a couple of personal training studios. And then what I learned was what I love more than transforming people's lives was actually the business side of it. And so ended up uh, partnering with my uh, with one of my business partners that that's also my business partner with Crust called Fix My Phone. And so we ended up uh, going from fitness to fixing cell phones. And that was uh, quite interesting. It did so well that we said, let's franchise this. So that was the first business that uh, I got introduced to what is franchising. Uh, From there, uh, we ended up getting all the all the legal work done. And then uh, we launched it successfully. And then literally, A year later um nick comes to me and says hey carl i have this great idea let's do a juice and smoothie concept uh and and i'm like juice and smoothie okay so we go from fitness to cell phones to juice and smoothies Um, but before he he brought up the juice and smoothie concept uh he said hey let's open up a yoga studio i'm like what are you talking about he said my sister ended up getting kicked out of her space." and for yoga she's a yoga instructor and she needs a space so what we could do is we could do yoga in the back and we could do juice and smoothies in the front and i told him i said you know yoga people are too much about the universe and not about making money i'm not sure about yoga uh, but i said you know juice and smoothies i could see the connection and so he ended up sending me a pnl i think it was I Love bar.com. they ended up putting their whole PL on on, on the website and and I looked at it and and I said okay I'm the numbers guy and the operations guy Nick is the guy that makes things look and feel great uh and then also uh technology and so he we have a technology team and so I said let's do it so we kind of paused fixed my phone and went we dove into main squeeze not thinking we were going to franchise it at all we were like okay we're just going to do one for for his sister and that's it and so I was projecting we were going to do 30,000 a month build up to 50,000 and then uh, call it a day and then go back to fix my phone, continue to scale that that brand. Uh, the first month we opened up, we, we did over hundred grand. And so we're like, OK, well, looks like the focus is going to change from cell phone repair to juice and smoothies. Uh, and so we ended up uh, selling over 40 units in the first 18 months. Uh, it absolutely exploded. Uh, The juice and smoothie uh, concept called it was its main squeeze juice company. Uh, And so so anyway, so from there, we're we're scaling that at the same time I moved to the Woodlands, uh, Texas, which is where Crust is based out of. I tried Crust as a customer, fell in love with it. And I ended I ended up getting to meet uh, the founders, uh, Mark Raspberry and Clint Price. And then we started hanging out, having lunch together once a month and just talk about hey, talk about crust, talk about main squeeze and what we're doing, uh, sharing ideas. And they wanted to, they wanted to scale crust, but they only had three locations at the time. They had no idea how to franchise it. So I helped them uh, with, okay, this is, this is the steps to take to franchise. And so they ended up, you know, they ended up franchising it. Uh, A couple, couple years later, uh, this is now 2018. uh, I decide to, I look at my wife and say, hey, it's time to move back to Lake Charles, Louisiana. She's like, you crazy like we, we're we're staying here. We're not moving back. And so we ended up moving back and and I told uh, Mark and Clint, I said, hey, the only thing I'm going to miss about the Woodlands is crust pizza. So let's open up a crust in Lake Charles, Louisiana. They looked at the demographics and they were like, no way. Like, there's no way it's not the Woodlands demographic. It's not going to do well. And I said, you don't understand. We started fixing my phone in Lake Charles. And it does very well. We, we did main squeeze. It, it's a it's a great city, even though it doesn't look good on paper. And so they told me no. So um, we ended up we were planning on selling main squeeze. Uh, we, were, we had some investors that were going to buy us out. So Nick and I were looking for our next thing. And so I told Nick, I said, hey, you know, you're, you're the brand guy. I'm the numbers guy. Let's create let's create a pizza concept in Lake Charles. There's nothing like crust in Lake Charles. Let's do it and start from scratch. So we did uh, nine months. We ended up creating rush pizza. We trademarked it and we were going to scale, scale a pizza, a pizza concept. Uh, so we're signing a lease on a, on a Friday and, and Wednesday, this two days before we signed the lease. And, and, and first off research and development, I mean, it's not cheap, right? I mean, we probably spent 150 grand on just research research and development for this brand. And so two days before we signed the lease, uh, we ended up getting a call from Clint. Clint called me, one of the Crust brothers. And he said, he said, Carl, he said, uh, uh, I saw you guys sold main squeeze. Congratulations. What are y'all doing now? And I'm like, well, Clint, I said, we're fixing to sign a lease for a rush pizza. And he's like, no, you know, I, uh, I thought about it and, and we, we want you and Nick to help us scale crust. And so we're like, how in the world are we going to be able to go to this landlord that had multiple deal offers on the table give us eight to 12 weeks to see if this is a viable option to switch from rush pizza to to crust pizza and so we ended up uh uh convincing the landlord to drive to houston try crust pizza meet mark and clint he fell in love with it and so we were like okay uh he said we'll give you eight weeks to to work a deal to see if this is something you guys want to do and so at the time, I knew that crust at the time wasn't scalable. The menu was sixty plus items. Uh, you were we were nickel and diming people for every topping. They had five different sizes, which is a lot of uh, pizza boxes. Uh, and so after looking at the data for three locations, I, I realized real quickly that hey, we could condense this menu down from sixty to thirty. We could streamline it. We can uh, go from five sizes down to three sizes, and we're going to do a flat pricing structure instead of nickel and diamond for every topping. So we made all those changes and then we opened up Lake Charles. And so we ended up working a deal where we're all equal partners and we're all actively involved in the company. Uh, and you know, Lake Charles became the number one in revenue, number one in cost of goods, number one in payroll, highest review, review average across the board still to today. We are still the number one store in our chain at 20 go from that to 25 stores and so uh so of course that's the model that we're using for each new new location and so that's the story uh you know i'm currently the ceo of the company and and we're uh, we're doing things the right way and and we're growing organically and slow uh, but but we're doing it right so it's exciting
0: all right i, I don't know that anybody in their opening statement gave me more things that I want to unpack than you did, but there's there's a lot that I want to unpack from that. So step one, I I'm gonna I'm gonna give you shit for this one. You okay. wrote that agreement poorly. You had founders tell you that Lake Charles would never work and it's number one in the system. You should have wrote we get we get our equity piece increases right? if we're right.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. I, I should have I missed that one. it. I should it. have I said hey okay look my equity if this goes well then I'm going up at least 10 10 points. But no, it's but important. I think
0: the the lesson there is, and this is important for franchisors. Yeah, franchisors are dead set on their data, but mostly their data is built on paper. And what you said there, you said, Hey guys, I know what we look like on paper, but mm-hmm. I'm telling you I see something here. And frankly, if 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 I had a bet, yes, it has something to with you knowing the community but it also has something to do with your fire and who you are as an operator. And that's the magic behind a good location that can offset what is perceived as not the right demographic, you know?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's all about community and we, we preach that. It's like, look, we don't want to be known as a franchise store for each community we go into. We want to be known as the, as a local store. And so how do you do that? You have to make sure that community is involved. And so we do a really good job with the community
0: go back to the main squeeze story. Mm -hmm. So is it, is it that like at the end of the day, I hear fitness, cell phone, main squeeze, yoga studio, pizza. Those are all vastly different and not, I mean, I guess I could connect main squeeze to fitness or wellness, but right. Is it that you were figuring out the widget of a franchise system of something that can duplicate and therefore the, the consumer product was irrelevant?
1: Yeah, I was trying to find the right vehicle, you know, I really was we, you know, I, I, I felt like uh, cell phone repair, eventually, uh, eventually, they'll probably make a screen that you can't, uh, you can't break or make a more durable screen, which really cell phone repair was really, um, you know, it's a glass repair business more than anything. And then going into juice and smoothies, it was great cost of goods was, were a little higher in that space. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, you know, for fitness industry, only 10% of people work out. So there is a lot of opportunity. There's 90% of, uh, opportunity to bring those people in. But you got to spend a ton of money on advertising to get those people in. Uh, when we opened up uh, the juice and smoothie bar, I we noticed the same thing. It's 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 not 100% of people want juice and smoothies, right? Whenever I was looking at the pizza space, everyone loves pizza or most people. I mean, most people eat pizza at least once a month. Um, for for our customers, it's it's once a week or once every other week. And so just a space that uh, p- people love pizza. It brings people together. It creates great memories. And so I just really liked the pizza space and, and what it stood for. And on top of that, the, the product that Crust has is different than any other pizza I've ever had. And so I was a customer before I was a partner. And when I tried it, I was like wow this is very unique this is very different than any other pizza i've, I've had and so uh, so anyway
0: did you look at pizza at all and say i mean because w- what i hear is in cell phone repair minimal competition yes uh fitness great competition it's hard to say here's our point of differentiation juice Minimal competition, obviously, the 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 big boy in your backyard of Smoothie King has probably mm-hmm. done the best and then Tropical Smoothie Cafe, but it'd be hard to say name 10 juice places. Right. If you say name 10 pizza places. You could probably name 100 if we're playing a drinking game. Yeah. did that cross your mind in here or because you were so in love with the product? And, and frankly, when, when you're creating Rush, are you trying to imitate what crust was like? Are you are you creating that version in Rush?
1: Yeah, I, I was creating somewhat of the version. Of course, some things were different. Um, but, you know, crust, I mean, the product speaks for itself. You know, we, we don't cut any corners. And so even though there there are many pizza places, we each time we go into a new market, we quickly become the number one pizza place in, you know, the local magazine. You know, they always have have that, you know, local magazine that, that, uh, where you vote for who's the best of everything. And we always become number one in, in, in pizza. So, so for pizza, you know, we make our crust, um, fresh. We make our dough fresh every day, uh, every two to three hours. If we don't use it, we throw it, our block, our cheese come in big blocks. And we shred that daily. All our produce is fresh. A lot of our meats we slice daily. And so we just, um, you know, the, the quality of ingredients really, really stands out uh, in our pizza. And then for appetizers, we have a a cheese bread that, oh my goodness. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, let me tell you what, it is the best cheese bread hands down, um, that I've ever tried. And I've tried a lot of pizza. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm one time I went on a quest to find cheese bread that was better than ours and just could not, could not find it. So
0: are you technically a franchisee and a partner then?
1: So uh, we are, uh, so franchisor, I'm a franchisor, plus uh, we own corporate stores together, the four partners. Got it, so
0: the Lake Charles one ended up, it flipped over into corporate as corporate a part store. of this agreement.
1: Yeah, that's a corporate store, yeah.
0: Question, question for you, is, and, and you can see this and I can, I can go back to um, some of the parts of the story, but mm-hmm. your story isn't built into this structure, yet if I said, who's the founder of McDonald's, it is Ray Kroc who really plays your role in mm-hmm. this, in this part of that. Is that, is that done on purpose? Cause I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm motivated just purely by the story. I can look at the numbers, which the numbers are fantastic, but yeah, your story's yeah. so good.
1: So, so if you click on read more, so the story behind crust, so that's the initial founders, right? Clint and Mark, but within the story, it says how they partnered with Nick and Carl on the quest to, to help grow, grow the franchise. And so, but as far as my story and what we what I share with you, no, that's not highlighted. I, I
0: think that's that's a huge opportunity. I mean, I've, I've always I, said that brands don't sell brands, people do. Right. And what you just took me through as an entrepreneur, as a partner, like even, even the rarity of you and Nick having a partnership that could last through that many different versions is yeah, rare. It is. And then the fact that you guys were rejected, you were told, no, you can't be franchisees and the story came full circle on that last moment, like the reality is franchisees have to go through some level of luck in this process. And that's where I think, I think you're probably not taking credit for your story. Now, obviously lots is going well and and you're taking a great approach to the operations of the business, which is now equaling a tremendous uh, gross revenue. But um, I, I don't know, I, I, I think you have, you have a fantastic story that's kind of buried right now.
1: Okay. Well, that sounds good. Well, I'll, I'll bring it to the drawing board and yeah, one good. of our meetings, and we'll talk about it on how we could highlight it a little better.
0: When you look back at Main Squeeze, because because similar to what the founders went through here with you guys coming on, like they they were hitting a, a roadblock where they said, okay, may, maybe we need some advice, and they looked at you guys and said that it was there. When you look back at Main Squeeze, did you run out of runway? for what you wanted to do with it when you made the decision to sell? Or did you build it to a place where you know you were catching it at the right time to do something else? Or what was what was Correct. the trigger that made you think about that?
1: That was the trigger. It, it, I felt like we were at a good stage and a good peak for us to get out and then to move on to something better and bigger. And right. it, it, it's just amazing how crust pieces just came right into place. And it's really been a blessing. I mean, it's, it's really, it's uh, this is definitely the brand that I want. I want to I want to take it from where it's at right now and and grow it to 500 plus locations, and so definitely you know the goal in the next ten years is 250. Uh, our biggest our biggest uh, roadblock right now is finding the real estate, finding the end caps, 2,800 to 3,000 square feet with a patio or building a patio. So that's been a big struggle of ours. Uh, we have many territories that are just sitting and waiting. Uh, and so that, that is an issue. The goal is to do 25 per year. Last year we did 12, this year we're doing 13. So we're still not where we need to be. So we ended up, uh, deciding last year, let's try a to go model. And so we just opened up our first to go model, uh, about a month and a half ago. And it's doing, it's doing very well. And so uh, with a to go model, 1200 square foot, I could put that anywhere. And so now we have two different models that we're going to sell uh, and, and, and put out there. So at a $500,000 investment average for the go model versus a million dollar average for, for the full model. Now, you know, the, the full model three and a half, four years ago was around 650. So it just goes to show you how much inflation is really increasing that number. Um, but it still makes sense at the, at the revenue and the projections that we have for these stores.
0: A long time ago, we worked with a brand called Toppers Pizza. Uh, what I loved about Toppers was, uh, from a business standpoint, they grew in a concentric circle, really heavily focused on Wisconsin. When they mm-hmm. went outside of state, uh, they tended not to do as well from a volume standpoint. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know where they they're at on out of state models right now, Yeah. But Colorado failed, Illinois failed, North Carolina low sales. And when you're talking about a, a, a business that you're playing off of pennies, I mean, the, the percentage net for franchisee is, is limited in food already. And then when the volumes aren't, aren't high enough, it's, yes. it's basically hitting break even. In Wisconsin though, the, the volumes continued to climb. And I saw that as an opportunity because now economies of scale when it came to marketing or supporting franchisees. And that would be typically in a food brand, how I start my recommendation. But what's swinging, swinging where my brain goes is you as the operator again, like Charles, you, you prove that wrong. Nobody knew what the business was. There was no Mm -hmm. affinity. Right. So when you're thinking about how do we get to these locations, are you taking that into consideration that because the product, the look, the brand, the experience is so strong, you don't necessarily have to grow in concentric circles to do this as long as you line with the right operator
1: yeah 100 percent but we are focused in on Texas and Louisiana I mean the goal is we want to own the southeast region from Texas all the way up to the Carolinas um, including Tennessee and, and Arkansas and Oklahoma so we want to own that entire region and so we uh, but but we want to grow organically so Houston is sold out So we're going to have 40 stores in Houston. So our next focus is Austin. We've done about seven, eight deals in Austin. So we're building out Austin and San Antonio and then Dallas. We know we could do about 40 of those uh, in in Dallas. And so we're, we're growing, you know, close. So that way we could keep, uh, you know, keep our thumb on it. Uh, But at the end of the day, it all comes down to the, to the right franchisees. And, you know, we're looking for, for the to go model, we're looking for, you know, someone that might be a district manager right now that saved forty to fifty thousand dollars, they could do an SBA loan, ten percent down, and and they're going to be a great operator. Uh, for the full model, you know, we're looking for someone with restaurant experience that have three to five restaurants of maybe another concept. They're looking for for another you know another concept to dig their teeth into, um, or or someone with restaurant experience that gets it. Uh, And if it is someone with deep pockets, they have to come with a minimum partner that owns at least 10 percent or or whatever, whatever. That's an active operator that understands the restaurant industry, Um, because we, you know, at the end of the day, we want to do things the right way and we need the right partners in order to grow. Now, I will tell you this. We're not scared to do corporate stores. So we're we're on track to do eight next year we have on the books. So we're 100 percent good with. You know, hey, being patient, if we need to do more corporate stores, get to a number where those multi-unit franchisees are looking at us more, uh, we're, we're good with that. We're, we'll be patient um, because, like I said, this isn't about this isn't about making money, you know, in the short term. I want this to be a long term play. and And in order to do that, we have to have the right partners.
0: I mean, I'm I'm super impressed with the, the way that you're approaching this thing. Even on the corporate side, I think franchise candidates aren't coached enough on the value of corporate locations when it comes to whether that brand makes sense or not for them. But the reality is that builds such strong cash flow that allows you to actually support them. And so a franchise candidate might look at an emerging brand. And get excited by the the flashiness of something but when you don't cross that off then when it comes down to shit hits the fan how much how much dollars is going to be there for the franchise or to step up and and support the franchisee or they and they in the midst of going down a spiral too and having to lay off staff and so what you've done there cross applied that put the structures in place i'm super impressed by that is it hard to have a governor on not going and creating more ideas knowing that you've you've engineered the system yeah (laughs) i'm
1: done i'm done this is it this is i'm retiring this is my last retirement this is it
0: you know i mean this is going to be seen by like teens of people so you know like it's they're going to call you out on this
1: yeah yeah i'm sure they will but no no this is it you know like i'm at the stage in my life where look i'm ready to just focus on one brand add a couple other businesses i liquidated them I sold them so i'm all in 100 percent on this concept and 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 i know we could do great things and we have a great team in place couldn't do it without them uh so no it's it's exciting i mean we're we're uh, we're in a good place right now we're debt free as a franchise which is you know pretty cool three years into it it's not bad and uh on top of that we're you know we're growing aggressively corporately and um you know i've, I've been a- approached by private equity hey you know, let, let, let's, let's do this. And, you know, we have, if we, if we do do it, we have to find the right partner, but right now we're, we're good with where we're at. A lot of runway. Um, yeah.
0: All right. So to close, there's a ghost candidate that's looking here. Maybe they've clicked on your site a little bit. Maybe they haven't tried the product. What are the few things that you want them to know about this opportunity that forces them, pushes them to say, maybe I need to fill out that form.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're, um the products there uh we have a great development team great um you know process from finding the right real estate uh, we, we're a technology company also we own our own technology except for the point of sale and so we you know we have uh, open api so we're building all the features the the system that runs the franchise is our own proprietary system and on top of that a lot of the tools that the franchisees use is all um, all our technology. And so what's great about that is, you know, with a third party, um, software, if, if there's an issue, well, you're in line of, of 20 other people that have issues that to fix that versus us, if there's an issue, we fix it immediately. And so the technology aspect of it, we have our, you know, our own app, we have, um, we have tools to help them budget and and make sure they're hitting their numbers. Um, you know, we have, um, a kitchen app for, for date dots and, and make sure their, their refrigeration is, um, all censored. If something's off, we, we, we fix that immediately, uh, takes care of their opening and closing checklists to make sure that their store is being run. Right. Um, so we're, we're doing things the right way. You know, like I said, our product speaks for itself. Uh, I, I feel like if we have the right franchisee in the right, uh, the right location it's it the rest is going to take care of itself
0: i love it carl your story is awesome again get get it out there more i loved loved hearing it uh super impressed look forward to hearing where the story goes uh thanks for sharing it with us but for carl i'm nick this is another episode of meet the zore sounds good nick
1: thanks brother see you guys okay bye